0: booster. It boosts free and total testosterone levels to help you get back to drive and energy from your youth. My wife, my boss, my kids, everyone has noticed a change in me. Do they still give out complimentary bottles for people to try for themselves? Yes, just send them a text.
1: Guys, text HATCH to 321321 right now for your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea. Nugenics is the number one selling testosterone brand at GNC and Walmart. Plus, text now and we'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, our most powerful fat incinerator ever, to help you get back in shape fast. Absolutely...
0: Free. Text HATCH to 321321. That's Wichita's new sports leader. ESPN Wichita. 92.3 FM. KKGQ Newton. This is the Shane Dennis Show on the new ESPN Wichita. 92.3 FM. From
2: the House in the Power and Light District of Kansas City. ESPN Wichita Fan Fest continues, courtesy of Enhanced Wellness and Derby, the Kansas Contractors Association. Shane's going to show episode 439 here on a Friday in a vastly different atmosphere here at Power & Light as opposed to 24 short hours ago. When there's an 11 game at T-Mobile, it's jumping down here. When there's not, not so much, but it will be jumping down here by the time Pat Strothman's show is over. From 2 to 4, here on ESPN Wichita 92.3, down here at Power & Light. It is a zoo in a good way. And if you ever have the chance to go to the Big 12 tournament here in Kansas City, well worth it. Well worth it. It's a fun, fun time. All right, today's show, here on a Friday from Hooley House. We've got some Big 12 talk, of course. K-State got ambushed last night by TCU. We'll tell you how. Wichita State did not. They handled Tulsa, pulled away, and put the Golden Hurricane out of their misery. And fortunately for Tulsa, they get to check in their gear today. So we'll talk to Bob Hole coming up at about 1220 as Wichita State gets ready for Tulane. Tonight at eight o'clock. So some shocker talk with Bob Hall coming up at twelve twenty or so. I'm gonna push the story of the week to the uh, third segment of the first hour. That's brought to you by Derby Mattress, one oh five South Baltimore. We got uh, headlines coming up top of second hour. And maybe we squeeze in some Lorenzo Kane audio. Uh, He had some effusive praise for Kansas City, as you might guess. We'll talk Twitter because the final leg of the Serial Wars Twitter tournament is underway right now at ESPN Wichita. And then I'm old Jax Young coming up at the end of the show, March 10th edition. And then we'll have some crosstalk with old Pat, see how he's doing Hand you off to the Pulse. 2-4 to today. Back to normal after that extravaganza that he dropped on you yesterday. Again, thanks to Enhanced Wellness of Derby and the Kansas Contractors Association for making this possible. Up here from Power & Light, ESPN Wichita Fan Fest, just across the street from T-Mobile and the Big 12 Tournament. Speaking of, it's going on tonight. First game. Iowa State and Kansas should be an absolute madhouse up here, really. I wouldn't say any time now, but I wouldn't put anything past the Iowa State fans. And then the nightcap is TCU and Texas at 8 or so, coming up at uh, T-Mobile Center. And then we'll have the stage set by about 10.30 tonight for the Big 12 championship. And whether Kansas can take another step toward sowing up the number one overall seed. So we'll talk about all that stuff here in the next couple of hours. Here's how you can enjoy the show, continuing to do so or shifting on the fly if you have to get in and out of a car or in and out of your office. You can call us, 316-669-4996. That's a hotline. Text line, we all see that, me, Pat, Jack, 316-247-0923. Tell your smart speaker around the house to tune in KKGQ 92.3. com. if you're streaming the show from your work, your laptop, your device, or if you want to listen to the podcast, that's how you go there to ESPNWichita.com and jack a couple of minutes right after the conclusion of the Pulse. He's really good at putting that up online on the Twitter, too. Um, so follow us on Twitter. Be our friends on Facebook. We're at Hooley House in Kansas City, Power and Light District, for ESPN Wichita Fan Fest. It is March 10th, and Wichita is heading for a high of 40, no, 50 degrees by later on today under mostly cloudy skies. Kansas City. In case you're wondering, heading for a high of 44. All right, Jack Johnson, the producer, show contributor, is going to start your Friday, Shane Dennis' show with a moment of levity. Hello, Jack.
1: Hello, Shane. I flirted with Disaster last night, if you didn't know. Yeah? Now Disaster won't stop texting me.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. March 10th. It's National Mario Day. Do you know why, Jack?
1: Was it the creation of the Super Mario Bros?
2: First appeared in a 1981 game called Donkey Kong. Ah. Uh-huh. The iconic character from a popular video game and era, known today as Mario, first appeared in Donkey Kong, made by Nintendo. As you may have heard during the Greenie Show, it's national pack-your-lunch-day, so might be a little late, because it's 12.06. But if you eat late or if you're around the house and haven't eaten yet, uh, cheers. National Blueberry Popover Day is today. International Bagpipe Day. National Women and Girls HIV AIDS Awareness Day. And tomorrow is Saturday. We don't do shows on Saturday most of the time. So we'll be missing out on National Funeral Director and Mortician Recognition Day, National Johnny Appleseed Day, National Oatmeal Nut Waffles Day, and National Promposal Day. All that March 11. March 10, 1876. Alexander Graham Bell made the first successful telephone call. He connected to Thomas Watson, his assistant, and said, Mr. Watson, come here. I want you. 1876. Dying on this day, Harriet Tubman, civil rights activist. She was buried at Ford Hill Cemetery in Auburn, Alabama. 1918, Warner Brothers enters the film industry. With its first film, Four Years in Germany. 1982, all nine planets aligned on the same side of the sun within 98 degrees. Apparently that's a big deal. Born Day, 1940, Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris doesn't hashtag celebrate every day. Every day celebrates Chuck Norris. And so I don't stump Jack during I'm old Jack's young. Shannon Miller, born 1977, seven-time Olympic gold medal winner as a gymnast. 1992, Barcelona. 1996, Atlanta. That is March 10. Well, March 9 was not very kind to Kansas State. As TCU absolutely ambushed the Wildcats here in Kansas City. 80-67 was your final. With the win, TCU advances to play Texas tonight. I think I said at 8, 8.30 is more like it, or maybe even beyond that. But TCU now 21-11, Texas 24-8. They'll hook up tonight in the late game. And in the process, TCU knocked down 3 pointers, including eight from Mike Miles and Chuck O'Bannon Jr. Now, for those who don't know, TCU stinks as a three point shooting team. And for those of you that follow Wichita State, for example, you know that Wichita State's not very good at shooting threes. TCU is worse. And last night, they made 11 of 25. That's 44%. To tell you exactly how bad TCU shoots threes on average, and how mind-boggling what happened last night was, consider this. TCU entered the game ranking 338th in Division One. In three-point field goals made per game, they make just a little over five per game. 338. They also rank 343 in three-point field goal percentage. They make 29.6 of their threes. That stinks. What's even more mind-boggling to me, Jack, is that Kansas State, I know these are a lot of numbers, but try to process them in your head, TCU normally shoots 29.6. K-State guarding the three, normally 29.5. That's among the best in the nation. To me, that was a difference in the game. I know you have a tad bit different perspective, or at least something to add to that. Now, uh, K-State turned it over 20 times. That's the other killer. But the fact that TCU did what they did from deep, not only cannot be explained... To me, you just walk away from that if you're Jerome Tang, who we'll hear from in a minute, and K-State going, you got to be freaking kidding me, that just happened.
1: Well, you know, one of the, the things that I always, it's a common misperception of me being a KU guy. I always see on Twitter after a KU loss of, oh, well, of course that team shot 55% or of course that team shot 60% from deep, something absurd like that. And I think the one thing you always have to look at, whether that team's good at shooting a three or they're not good at shooting a three. How are you defending the three? And like you just brought up, K-State's really good at defending the three. And there were some circus shots last night from TCU. I'm yes. going to say there was probably three or four makes that they were contested three-pointers. And you tip your cap and go, you know what? He shot it over me. It went in. Whether it was a prayer or he's just a better three-point shooter tonight than he usually is, tip your cap. On the Or other-
2: O'Bannon would never put together a how-to-shoot video. Shoot like this video will never be produced by that O'Bannon kid. No, he, he
1: shoots, shoots it from behind him. his head. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I do think there were a couple of possessions, too, where there was a bit of a d- fundamental breakdown. You're leaving Mike Miles open.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, you're, you're leaving a guy like Anthony Miller open. You're leaving certain guys open. And, and you'll live with some shots if you let you know Chuck O'Bannon shoot one from 26 feet Even if he's open, you're doing your job. You can live with that. If he makes it, you're living with that. But my point on Kansas State of last night, and Shannon, I think we talked about it going into the the Big 12 tournament. If you look at K-State in wins and losses, and I encourage everybody to do this no matter how far K-State goes in the tournament. If you don't watch a single second of the game, all you got to do that night of, that afternoon of, or the next morning, go to ESPN, click on the box score, go right down to Marquise Noel, see how many turnovers he had. He had one, two, or three. 90% of the time, K-State wins the game unless it's an offensive shootout and they just fall in overtime or something like that. If he has more than three, if he's getting in four, five, or six territory, Mm -hmm. I would say 80 to 85% of the time, Kansas State loses that game. Last night, Marquise Noel led K-State in turnovers with five of them. And I thought it was brilliantly pointed out, and we'll hear from Jerome Tang here, of course, in a second, and so I'm going to tease this a little bit. Mm -hmm. He basically said that the turnover problems – It's because they're trying to do too much. I think it's a perfect example. It's simple, but it's perfect because we see when K-State gets down by a a large amount, they're trying to do the hero ball. They're trying the the quick scores when they don't really need to. Sometimes it's just about resetting your offense, finding the best look. Kept
2: waiting for that to happen last night and never did. They had a yep. couple
1: of runs. They cut it to two after Keontae Johnson, three in the second half. And then what happened, I think it was O'Bannon or Mike Miles hit a three on the other yep. end. Yep, like, somebody hit a three. Yep. It, it's just about those problems with Kansas State. And, and let's be honest, that's not going to be fixed anytime soon. Like They are just a team that is notorious for turning the ball over. You can have a great game. You can have a great approach. Marquise Noel can take care of the basketball. Keontae Johnson can take care of the basketball. But at the end of the day, this is a pretty consistent flaw. And I don't want to really bring an NFL here, but you remember when we were talking about the Chiefs heading into the postseason, we talked about special teams problems. Well, those special teams problems, they could have their good days, but that's not going to be completely fixed. You're going to have those blunders continuously happen every once in a while because you're not good in that area. K-State is not good at taking care of the basketball. That is where they struggle. That is where they've continued to struggle. And you go over all nine of their losses, Shane, in the regular season and last night. It's because they're turning the ball over. And, yes, it's simple to say, if you turn the ball over a lot, you're going to lose those games. I want to dive in deeper to that. When your number one point guard, your passing point guard, turns it over four or five times a game, you're not going to win many of them. And last night, he led the Cats in turnovers with five.
2: You know, and I think you can take it a step further if you're a Wildcat fan and go snake bit city. And I don't normally do this, but I can't get past. The three-pointers made by TCU – the turnovers by Kansas State that was turned into an opponent season-high season high 25 second-chance points as well on 14 offensive rebounds, um, it was just a perfect storm of bleep. Uh, and by that, I mean an imperfect storm if you're a K-State fan. That sucked. So you got to wait uh, all the way till Sunday now for Selection Sunday. You don't have to, you know, you're not on pins and needles. But the number two two seed went out the window there. And that was an opportunity missed for K-State. But if if there's ever a time that I'll listen to Snake Bit, and I can't believe we, we, and quote, you know, when people say we as the team, my team, uh, got jobbed, or, you know, the stars aligned against us, I'll listen to it. Because I watched that game in, in disbelief last night and it didn't go well for K-State. Here's how Jerome Tang saw it after the game and after K-State got bounced by TCU 80-67.
3: First of all, I just want to thank the good Lord for this opportunity he's given me to coach these guys and this program and, um, I mean, playing this incredible event. I want to thank our our fans because they did a great job of showing up. Uh, probably the most disappointed in that and letting them down uh, tonight. Um so are we, and this is on me, I didn't do a very good job of preparing these guys for how physical and with what force uh, people play with in the Big 12 tournament, and uh, that, that will not happen again. Well, I'm extremely confident in that we as a staff know what we need to do to get our guys prepared, okay, and um, so that's not going to be an issue. Uh, the great thing is that now we get three or four really good days of practice before we play another game. And uh, and the guys now have that feeling of, you know, the season could be over. And that that, that changes the thing. And, and we get to play a team that doesn't know us as well as this team that we played today. All turnovers worry me. Okay, so um, how they come about, you know, yeah. You know, that, that's important. I, I felt like most of our turnovers today were guys tr- maybe trying too hard. You know, we had a few careless ones, but most of those, they were trying too hard. And so we got to, you know, show them and just really buy into making simple plays. But you're not winning any game. I mean, we've won, we're won we one in five or one in six when you have 19 or more turnovers. And, and I, mean, I mean, they know that. I know that. We all know that, right? And so we got to take care of the ball. We we've battled back and forth with how much is doing too much and you know not enough and uh, this this is a group of guys that, that you just can't tell them they need reps and so that's the lesson we learn basketball wise um, life wise man that like nothing's promised right like I mean just because you beat a team before doesn't mean you're gonna be the game. like it takes effort you have to give a certain amount of effort in order to make anything works whether it's your marriage. You know, your relationship with your children, uh, whatever it is, you have to give a certain amount of effort. And tonight we didn't give enough effort to win a basketball game. And um, hopefully uh, the guys walk away and realize that, you know, it takes a greater effort when there's a greater challenge. And um, and I, I don't think we quit, but I do believe that we, we they paused us. And that that's something as a staff we have to figure out how to make sure that doesn't happen.
2: All right, that was Jerome Tang after the game last night, 80-67, to 67, as TCU ambushed the Cats and bounced them out of the Big 12 tournament. Still going in the American tournament. That's Wichita State. Your Shockers, they'll play Tulane tonight at 8 o'clock. When we come back, we'll climb aboard the hotline, talk to Bob Hall. What went right against Tulsa and what has to go right tonight against Tulane It's the Shane Dennis Show here on a Friday from Hooley House. The Power & Light ESPN Wichita Fan Fest powered by Enhanced Wellness and Derby. Enhanced Wellness and Derby can make you feel young again with their testosterone optimization program. Enhanced Wellness locally owned and you can find more at EnhancedWellnessDerby.com or call or text 316-358-9780. Bob Hull next.
0: You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show. On ESPN Wichita,
4: 92.3 FM. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. Hi, this is Brian Davis with Davis Liquor Outlet. And this
5: is Blake Davis with another great deal on Miller Lite 16-ounce 24-pack cans, just $27.99. And don't forget about Seagram 7, 1.75 liters, only $18.99. Davis Liquor Outlet, each
4: store independently owned and operated.
0: Excludes 31st Meridian. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000.
4: Auburn Wine & Spirits, offering whiskeys from around the globe, craft beer, and wine of all types. Auburn Wine & Spirits has been bringing our selection of 2,000 wines to Wichita since 2008. Right now, Auburn Wine & Spirits is looking for a sales associate. If you want to work in a fun environment with competitive wages and are at least 21 years old, part-time and full-time schedules are available. Apply in person at 320 North Rock Road, or send your resume to wine at auburnwichita.com. All right, welcome
2: back to 1223. Shane Dennis show from Hooley House, the Power and Light District in Kansas City, covering the Big 12 Tournament, ESPN Wichita Fan Fest, brought to you by the Kansas Contractors Association, the voice or the heavy construction industry in Kansas For over a century, KCA member contractors have been building the highways, bridges, utilities, railroads, and airports that our families and businesses count on. Proud to be Kansas, proud to build Kansas, the Kansas Contractors Association. Learn more at webuildkansas.com. A little bit further south of Kansas City, down in Fort Worth, the American Conference Tournament is going on at Wichita State. Victorious last night. Over Tulsa, eighty-one to sixty-three. Joining us on the hotline right now is Shocker basketball analyst Bob Hull. Bob, what was the big difference in your mind last night between the first half and the second? Is Wichita State really got it going against the Golden Hurricane to win it going away?
6: You know, they came out. Uh, the Shockers came out of halftime. Really, it seemed like they were really locked in to what they wanted to do offensively and. Uh, they were moving the ball and and getting a lot of assists. They were they were all helping each other get easy shots, and they were attacking the basket. They were going inside, and then they started knocking down some threes. Walt hit a, a, a three, and then Pierre hit a three, and uh, and then guys off the bench hit threes. So uh, I think it was uh, moving the ball quicker, uh, attacking the basket, and uh, and knocking down some threes. And and for, for some reason, uh, Tulsa had given the shockers trouble with a 131 defense their uh, second half of the first half the last part of the first half mm-hmm. and the shockers were kind of struggling against that one 131 and in the second half Tulsa came out in the man and they never, they never went back to the 131 which surprised me uh, but the shockers were just eating up their man-to-man
2: and uh, how much of it in your eyes was due to Craig Porter jr who went uh, for a points and assist double double 11. 11- uh, Eleven assists, at career high, and didn't turn it over in 28 minutes. He he was really good, wasn't he?
6: He was really really good. Uh, I, I was looking through the stat sheets uh, that we get every uh, four minutes, you know, at the games, and he had he had 11 assists at the 10 minute mark. Hmm. So uh, he basically had 11 assists in in three minutes, uh, even less than that. He was outside. So yeah, he was really distributing the ball, and then guys. Inside the, the big guys, photo and Rojas, and uh, and like I said, guys started knocking down shots. So uh, they just—I thought Isaac Brown—he must have had a really good halftime because it seemed like the guys came out in the second half just clicking.
2: Well, and he he commented after the game that uh, he really gave a lot of credit individually to uh, Rojas and Craig Porter Jr. for kind of not putting the team on on their back necessarily, but their veteran guys are like okay. Now we go, and and then kind of everybody else fell into place.
6: Yeah, Rojas had 13 points, uh, seven rebounds. He was six out of nine from the floor. And let's see, Poto had 13 points, five rebounds. He was six out of ten from the floor. So the big guys, uh, you know, as they've been doing the last two months, uh, they're playing good basketball. Not only are they scoring – uh, but they're facilitating other buckets for the guys. They get they get a lot of assist between them.
2: Okay, so uh, how much of what they did last night can carry over to the game against Tulane tonight? And by that, I mean they had 48 points in the paint. That was a season high, and probably that would be a little bit too much to ask against Tulane. But they shot 73% in the paint. And you know how they—they like to play inside out, not necessarily rely on three pointers. Uh, how much is that translatable into the Tulane game tonight? Do you think?
6: Interesting question, Shane. Uh, Tulane has a really different kind of uh, zone defense. Uh, it's, a, it's a matchup zone, and they really, really match up. It looks a lot like a switching man-to-man at times, but in that zone. They kind of dare you to shoot three pointers and, uh, and 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 kind of try to trap you into shooting a lot of threes. And then they also leave the middle of the zone is kind of open, so you can pass that ball into the high post. Like if Rojas or Poto breaks up towards the free throw line, they can catch the ball right there in the middle of the zone pretty easily. But then you got to turn and make a play. You got to turn and no. hit that shot, or you got to kick it off to a shooter on either side of you. Uh, now, if you try to attack the basket, all of a sudden the zone traps in on you. It just closes in on you because it's hard to get open shots in close to the basket against two-lane zone because there's always two big guys on you. And they block they block the shots pretty good. Kevin Cross and this Tylen Pope, uh, those guys are pretty good shot blockers. Uh, Pope's got 34 blocks this year. So you've you got to take that little little 10-foot, 12-foot jumper or or get an easy shot from your teammates. So I think they can still get it inside and play inside out, but it's kind of a little bit different against that zone.
2: Do you think, uh, this is a perception that I get without uh, totally digging into uh, Tulane defensively, but it seems to me like they'll guard you for 10, 12, 14 seconds, but after that they seem to lose interest and want to get the ball back and score because they're an offensive team. Is there any truth to that as far as you're concerned? Well, they don't, they don't give up shots near the basket,
6: uh, very much because they're, they're, they've got, it's, it kind of looks like a 1-2-2 two, two, or 2-3. Two, so they always have two or three guys right near the basket. So you don't get many layups against them. You don't get many, uh, just, just post moves where a guy catches the ball, makes a power move layup and goes up and lays it in. You don't get many of those, but you're going to get plenty of open jump shots, uh, on, in the corners. They'll pretty much let you have the corner three. So if you're knocking down those, uh, you can hurt their zone. If you're not, uh, you shoot that shot and he misses, and all of a sudden it's a long rebound and they're off to the races, you know, with their fast break because they they lead the league in scoring 81 points a game. And they've they've been above 90, uh, I don't know, five or ten times.
2: Yeah. So what do you think it is, Bob? Because, uh, you know, even with Jalen Cook, Jalen Forbes, and Kevin Cross, three really, really good players, and the 81 points a game you were talking about that – Tulane piles up, let's be honest, Wichita State should have swept the season series. They were up at home and ended up losing in overtime and pretty much put it on Tulane down in New Orleans. So what is is it about what Wichita State does uh, or Tulane doesn't do that uh, should favor Wichita State tonight?
6: Well, they're pretty evenly
2: matched. I mean, if you look at the two games last
6: year and the two games this year, they've all been close and uh, I think one of them, uh, they came from behind both times last year and beat us, and they came from behind in Wichita. They were down eight with uh, under three minutes to go in Wichita and won the game in overtime, and we were lucky to get the ball to overtime. So uh, we're pretty evenly matched. Uh, They stress offense more. We stress defense more. They're a better offensive team. We're a better defensive team. Uh, I think it's going to boil down to – you know, who has fewer turnovers, uh, which team can knock down some shots. Uh, you know, if you remember down in New Orleans, uh, uh, Gerard Pierre went off. You know, he mm-hmm. had 28 points in and, and a homecoming. That's where he's from. And he had five threes in that game. So we're going to have to knock down some threes against their zone. I mean, That means Walton and Pierre and, and Porter.
2: Bob, it's always great to catch up with you. Uh, best of luck tonight, Wichita State and Tulane. The odds makers say it's basically a toss-up, and uh, you kind of bared that out with your scouting report. Always appreciate your perspective. Have, have fun down there in Fort Worth.
6: Okay, thanks, Shane. Have fun up there in Kansas City.
2: Will do. Thank you. Bob Hold Shocker basketball analyst talking Wichita State and Tulane. That's tonight at 8 o'clock on ESPNU. When we come back, our story of the week brought to you by Derby Mattress down at 105 South Baltimore. Their everyday prices beat sale prices at the big box stores. See for yourself at Derby Mattress down at 105 South Baltimore. We continue live here from the Hooley House and the Power and Light ESPN Wichita Fan Fest rolls on thanks to Enhanced Wellness at Derby. They can make you feel young again with their testosterone optimization program Enhanced Wellness uh, is locally owned, and you can check them out, find out more online at EnhancedWellnessDerby.com or call or text 316-358-9780, Enhanced Wellness of Derby. Story of the Week, coming up next, 1232. You're listening to The Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita. What do people with
4: blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com.
6: Wichita State Baseball takes their show across town to Riverfront Stadium as they face off against reigning national runner-up Oklahoma on Tuesday, March 28th at 6 p.m. Be there as the historically filled Shocker Baseball program makes their third all-time appearance at the new downtown Wichita ballpark. It's a baseball lover's dream. Tickets start as low as $4 for youth and $8 for adults. Get yours today at GoShockers.com slash WSU Riverfront or call the Wind Surge ticket office at 316-221-8000. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate on that heavy shelf you hung yesterday. Turns out you didn't use enough anchors. Wait, you didn't use
3: any anchors?
6: (laughs) Now you've got an open
4: floor plan. Trendy. And if you have the wrong home insurance, you could need a wall of money to fix this. So get home insurance with Allstate and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.
5: I'm Bob Burke, founder and chairman of Burke America Parts Group, a family of brands that includes RepairClinic.com, an appliance and HVAC parts solution company that's grown into an international brand. Before AmericanEagle.com, we partially launched a new technology platform developed by another firm. American Eagle helped take our technology to a whole new level with digital marketing, software development, and business insights into our key markets, appliances, HVAC, and outdoor power equipment, and did so both on time and on budget. AmericanEagle.com has the resources, experience, and talent needed to produce solutions. Our new technology platform developed by AmericanEagle.com has produced tremendous results with higher traffic, conversion, engagement, and online revenue. If you have any home repairs you need to take care of, check us out at repairclinic.com. If you need a world-class website or technology project, then I would highly recommend americaneagle.com.
6: Call americaneagle.com at 773-NETWORK. That's americaneagle.com 773-NETWORK.
5: What's up, Wichita?
6: I'm Pat Stropman, and I'm inviting you to tune in to my show, The Pulse, every weekday from 2 to 4 on ESPN Wichita. 92.3 FM. If it's a hot local sports topic, you best believe it will be talked about on our show. On top of that, we'll have special guests. We'll have audio from people that you want to hear from. And we'll mix in some funny bits as well. Locking in right now, The Pulse, 2 to 4 on weekdays on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM.
2: Welcome back, 1235. We're going to push Twitter to hour number two. Let it build a little bit. We're at Hooley House, power and light here in Kansas City, ESPN Wichita Fan Fest, powered by Enhanced Wellness and Derby and the Kansas Contractors Association. Thanks so much to both of those entities for making this possible up here in Kansas City. This Big 12 tournament will continue Tonight at 6 o'clock, it'll be Iowa State and Kansas, followed by TCU and Texas. Hooley House will be a much different place at 6 o'clock tonight as opposed to right now. Uh, It's time for our story of the week, brought to you by Derby Mattress, 105 South Baltimore. And it's a bit of a somber one, but uh, worth delving into, I think. And I think you can all agree, in case you haven't heard the stories, That uh, I don't know if we can pinpoint it to this week, I think, but uh, certainly within the last couple. But it has to do with a possible link between former Royals and former Phillies that were victims of brain cancer. You seen this story, Jack? I have, yes. Something, isn't it?
1: Very much so. It's definitely a link of players there and having to deal with the turf. And I I think there is uh, definitely a much darker story behind this.
2: I would tend to agree. Uh, And it really boils down to the chances of getting brain cancer, uh, which we'll delve into here in a second. But I want to rewind back to 2003. So 20 years ago, um, Royals fans – had to mourn and put to rest Ken Brett, who is the uh, older brother of of George Brett, and played in Kansas City briefly. And his link to a couple of other former Royals from the mid-'70s to the mid-'80s of course, when the team won six division titles in a World Series. But in the fall of 2003, we we laid to rest Ken Brett, who died at the age of 55 of brain cancer. He became the third ex-royal from that era to die of brain cancer. Dick Hauser passed in 1987 at the age of 51. Dan Quisenberry died in 1998 at the age of 45 and the quotes from a couple of former players from 20 years ago i want you to try to keep in mind because it's it's really eerie what they said and to compare and contrast to what uh we fast forward until now that has happened to the phillies and a subsequent investigation 20 years ago jamie quirk who was a catcher that spent part of 11 years with the Royals, said of Ken Brett's passing then, quote, I wish we had answers for it. Makes you wonder why. It's just an absolutely freak thing, unquote. Hal McCray, who played in Kansas City from 73 to 87, he said, quote, it's probably just coincidental, but when it's someone you know, it does make you think about it, unquote. Brett, Hauser, and Quisenberry were together in Kansas City for only one season, 1981. In an article from 2003, according to the National Cancer Institute, the age-adjusted incidence rate of brain cancer is 6.6 cases per 100,000 residents among the general populace and 8.8 cases per per 100,000 residents among white males, which Brett, Quisenberry, and Hauser all are or were. So even back then, they ran kind of some studies. Uh, associate professor at the Department of Preventative Medicine at the University of Kansas released a study. He oversaw John Newberger is the he for Jackson County uh, investigating claims of an abnormally high rate of brain cancer among residents of Sugar Creek, Missouri, a town about five miles from Royals Stadium. Uh, none of the Royals players were known to have lived in or near Sugar Creek. So that theory kind of dried up, and Jamie Quirk went on to say, quote, none of us have ever tried to figure out why, it just happened. A lot of people have had brain cancer, and it just so happens these three guys were in Kansas City. When your friends pass away, you don't want to wonder why it happens. You just wish the guys were still here, unquote. That was a story from 20 years ago. So you fast forward to a couple of days ago. PennLive.com in Pennsylvania and the Philadelphia Inquirer kind of teamed up on a an investigation piece. Because six former Phillies have now died of brain cancer. And a new study or report reveals a really concerning link. David West passed away last May of brain cancer, becoming the sixth former Philly player to die. Side story, he was in Japan when I was over there, David West. Uh, Really nice guy. And that was terrible news to hear last May. And then when he passed away, and that made six former Phillies, including one very close to Wichita, had died, the discussion started to become national. Uh, A doctor told Fox and Friends last May that an investigation needed to be done. He said it's a cluster and it needs to be examined. The amount of incidents of deadly brain cancer are about three out of 100,000. So we fast forward 20 years from that report 20 years ago. uh, Really, the the odds of getting brain cancer uh, as far as an amount of cluster uh, demographic, I suppose, is almost infinitesimal. Three out of 100,000, this doctor said. When it's six fillies in that span of time, that's more than three or four times... That average. So the Philadelphia Inquirer did an investigation, and they released it on Tuesday, titled Field of Dread. And if you want to go there, uh, it's a really good read. It's in-depth. Philadelphia Inquirer has an article. It's called Field of Dread. But at the heart of the piece was the turf. Artificial turf at Veterans Stadium was, I believe, identical to Royal Stadium. Is that right, Jack? Am I right about that? Yes, I believe you are. The old AstroTurf, basically. Uh, The Inquirer found pieces of the old turf, which were sold as souvenirs, and purchased them online. And then the Inquirer then had those tested at two different labs. And they found something uh, kind of sinister produced by Monsanto, which made the artificial turf. And that was Forever Chemicals. The inquirer said that the lab test revealed that the TURF contained 16 different types of chemicals, which are known to cause a myriad of health diseases, including cancer. Now, whether or not these chemicals can cause a form of brain cancer wasn't clear, but it was almost like where there's some smoke, there's some fire. Graham Peasley, a physicist at the University of Notre Dame who studies PFAs, the Chemicals told the newspaper We know that the kidneys are affected, we know that the testicles are affected, but are affected, we know that the liver is affected. But nobody's ever done the study to see if the brain is affected because glioblastoma, that's what it's called, is such a rare disease. Besides David West, Ken Brett, of course, back in 2003, played both the Phillies and the Royals, which makes you scratch your head a little bit more. Some of a certain age will remember Tug McGraw. He died of brain cancer in 2004. John Vukovich, 2007. Johnny Oates, 2004. And Arc City's own Darren Dalton, 2017. They all died from brain cancer. And the Enquirer reported that the rate of brain cancer among former Phillies who played at Veterans Stadium From 1971 to 2003 is about three times the average rate among adult men. So it's not uh, conclusive, the reports and the findings. But it's a story that you might be hearing more about in the coming days, weeks, or months. And when you read those two articles, Jack, or you digest them and you kind of juxtapose them, put one beside the other... Keeping in mind that they're 20 years apart, but a grand total of eight players playing for two different teams, including Ken Brett, who played for both, on the same playing surface back then, and getting brain cancer and dying from it, it seems pretty convenient to write it off as tragic coincidence. That's my story of the week brought to you by Derby Mattress. There you go, Jack.
1: Mine is going to revolve around college basketball on a team that last night all but cemented their place in the NIT tournament, if it were to be chosen. And that is none other than the North Carolina Tar Heels, who lost last night to Virginia 20-13. to 13. They finish the season. 20-13? to 20-13. and 13.
2: Oh, 20. There 20
1: their record is 20 and 13. Yes, thank you. They were 11 and 9 in conference play. They finished 47th in the net rankings, and they only had one quad one win. They were 1 and 9 in quad one, 6 and 4 in quad two, and undefeated in quad three and quad four. I thought this was fascinating, though, last night. I'm trying to frantically look up the tweet that I saw, but it involved. the the aftermath of their loss to Virginia, and I think it was a North Carolina beat reporter, so I'll I'll try to simplify it down and just paraphrase basically what he said, but it was on the topic of if this North Carolina team would choose to go play in the NIT, and he said basically after leaving the locker room, I've gotten no pulse or indication this team wants to continue playing, (laughs) and I don't blame them. Uh, They were preseason team number one. They returned four of their five starters. They brought back a guy like Puff Johnson who had double figures in the national championship game against Kansas. They brought in one of the biggest transfers and Pete Nance from Northwestern. And somehow, some way, this North Carolina team is going to miss the NCAA tournament. It's hard to fathom because of how weak I would say the ACC was. Like, Virginia was good. Miami was good. Duke had a down year, came on strong of late. But other than that, the ACC was not that impressive. Like, Maryland at one point was in the top 25. They kind of bottomed out a little bit. They just were not in a conference that struck a lot of fear in people. Like you go from top to pod, top to bottom in the ACC. You know Miami, of course, the top of it. Then you had Clemson, who kind of overachieved. Pitt had double-digit losses. NC State had double-digit losses. Wake Forest was 19 and 14. Syracuse, another down year. Boston College was under 500. And then you had teams like Louisville, Notre Dame, Georgia Tech, and Florida State that were all terrible. And yet, North Carolina with all they had returned. That was always the fascinating thing to me. Like, this was not a North Carolina team that in the number one recruiting class brought in in four, five, or six five-star guys, and they underachieved because you have a bunch of 18-year-olds that are trying to be one of the best teams in the country. They brought back guys that were on a national championship team. And might I add, they were guys that didn't really underperform this year. Like, you look at a guy like Caleb Love. He averaged nearly 17 points per game. You know, you have a guy like RJ Davis, over 16 points per game. Armando Baycott, almost 16 points mm. per game. Pete Nance, 10 points per game. Leaky Black had about eight points per game. And then Puff Johnson was less than five, but you at least had four guys and you're starting five that average double figures. What went wrong for North Carolina, I can't really put my finger on it. They were never really excelling. In any single category, with the exception of rebounds, because of Armando Baycott, who averaged a double-double, and he's one of the best rebounding bigs in the country, if there wasn't a guy named Oscar Sheboy in Lexington, Kentucky. But North Carolina, to me, I wanted to bring this up for my story of the week, because it begs the question, Shane, is this the biggest disappointment we've ever seen in college basketball history? And I know it's been a long, long time of college basketball. There's been hundreds of years of college basketball, and I'm trying to keep the recency bias out of it. But I'm really having a tough time coming to terms with it not being the biggest disappointment in college basketball history. Like, this was a team, after losing to Kansas, everybody pinpointed as one that was going to easily get back to the Final Four. I know it's a crapshoot. But I was sitting there in New Orleans after KU won and then when I'm kinda of thinking, Man, what are, are are these other teams gonna make it back to the final four is I didn't think Duke would because Coach K was gonna be gone. You know, Jay Wright was gonna step down, I know that came down a little bit later, but Villanova was graduating some key guys. But it was North Carolina to me. Even I'm looking at Kansas and I'm going, I don't see them getting back to the final four.
2: To so me looking, looking back in your mind's eye, you're thinking nobody with a brain, would not put North Carolina in the top five preseason. Is that what you're saying?
1: If you would have been in Vegas the day the preseason number ones came out, and I don't know how I'd be able to find this information,
2: right, but I the most
1: you. bets on a team to win the national championship, it would have had to have been North Carolina. Because they were the team you knew who was coming back. They were surprisingly returning everybody. Like, it just, it does not make any sense. If I would... Make a, a great example here. It would have been like the Chiefs in 2018 and 19, then going like eight and nine or, or eight yeah. and eight or seven and nine and missing the postseason, missing the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. you're going. Oh, how the hell did that happen? Like they had the best offense in football. They had this all this young talent, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, and they missed the playoffs. Like that's how hard it would have been to do. And with North Carolina, it's almost baffling that they can't even make the NCAA tournament. Barring any you know unforeseen changes. Because Joe Lunardi, in the most recent bracketology, he has them as the next four out. There There's not going to be another change, I think, because Carolina can't play another game before March Madness. So, to me, I've really juggled with the idea and gone back and forth. And I wanted to bring you in because you may have a team that you want to add in here. But I am really having a hard time finding a bigger disappointment in college basketball history than the 2022-2023 North Carolina Tigers. They've already said history here. that They're going to be the first team that was preseason number one and missed the NCAA tournament. It's baffling. I mean, can you pinpoint another team in college basketball that is underachieved at the roster they had had this much?
2: I will uh, answer that question historically, but support your argument for this being the biggest collapse in college basketball history. I thought it was hyperbole when I first heard you say it. But I think I will vote with you now that I've heard the entire the entirety of your argument and mix this in too, Jack. The last preseason number 1 team to miss the tournament was NC State in 1975. But there's this caveat there were only 32 teams back then. Yeah, it's the modern uh, NCAA tournament, modern era. The 1974-75 Wolfpack team was 22-6 and six and number seven in the final AP poll and certainly would have qualified this year when 68 teams get in. So I can't fight you on your assertion that UNC had a rotten season by those kind of metrics now, I wouldn't call for Hubert Davis's job, necessarily, would you? But you can, I guess, if you want to. You're on a roll.
1: I, I think it certainly should be a question, because keep in mind here, too, what people got lost in and the unbelievable run North Carolina had last year, go back to the round of 32 game against Baylor. North Carolina, I think, at one point was up 20-plus, and they nearly blew the game. It went into overtime. Yep. Like, Hubert Davis's squad nearly blew a 20-point lead. I get it was Baylor. That's a 20-point lead in the NCAA tournament. And might I add, you're North Carolina. You're a blue blood. Like, that was considered lucky that they skated by Baylor in that scenario. And I went to Bleacher Report just now to try to get a better grasp of maybe some other teams that were bigger disappointments. Number one, they had the 87-88 Syracuse team, but they won the Big East tournament that year, and they lost in the second round. The second biggest disappointment, seventy-eight, seventy-nine Duke team. But even that Duke team, it was more so of a blunder uh, in the NCAA tournament. They said the real disappointment came when the Blue Devils played St. John's in their opening game in the NCAA tournament. It was supposed to be a payback game for the second-seeded Duke team because they had already lost to the Johnnies earlier in the season, but they lost. So they were a two-seed. But again, they're listed as a big disappointment. The seventy-seven, seventy-eight North Carolina team under Dean Smith. Still, they were 23-8. and and they finished the regular season ranked 16th in the country. Fourth, he has the Wolf Pack, as you just brought up. Uh-huh. Fourth, UConn in 1999-2000. They still were a five seed going into the NCA tournament. Then you go to the next one, the 1980-81 Kentucky Wildcats. They finished 22-4 and, and second in the SEC. They finished eighth in the rankings. They just were upset in the NCAA tournament. Number seven, he has the Kansas Jayhawks in 2004-2005, the first year under Bill Self, I believe it was. Or maybe it was the second year under Bill Self. They were uh, going into the 2004 NCAA tournament after advancing to the lead eight um, the year before that, and they finished 23-7 and in second place in the Big 12. So again, uh, they underachieved by their standards, but at the end of the day, they still made the NCAA tournament. They were finished top 25 in the AP tw- top 25. Those were the biggest disappointments considered by Bleacher Report and college basketball history. North Carolina's not going to have any of that. They're not finishing in the top 25. They didn't win the conference tournament. And they're not making the NCAA tournament. I can't find a bigger disappointment in NCAA history in the 2022-2023 North Carolina Tar Heels team after their loss last night to the Virginia Cavaliers.
2: I've got a link between Hubert Davis and three other former superstar players turned coaches that I want to talk about coming up at the top of the second hour since you brought it up. It kind of tweaked me a little bit so we'll semi-carry this over. That's your story of the week. Brought to you by Derby Mattress, 105 South Baltimore. Coming up next, since we're right on top of the hour, the Can't Equip KCIH Red Zone Hour, we got some headlines, but what do Jerry Stackhouse, Hubert Davis, Juwan Howard, Patrick Ewing all have in common? I think you can probably guess, but we'll talk about it when we come back for hour number two. From Hooley House, the power and light, ESPN Wichita Fan Fest continues Thank you to the Kansas Contractors Association, the voice for the heavy construction industry in Kansas. For over a century, KCA member contractors have been building the highways, bridges, utilities, railroads, and airports that our families and businesses count on. Proud to be Kansans, proud to build Kansas. The Kansas Contractors Association. You can find out more at WeBuildKansas.com. Hour two from Power & Light, straight ahead.
0: Wichita's new sports leader, ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM, KKGQ, Newton.